Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So just ready podcast. Back out to Smart. Fakes the pass all the time. Three. Bang! It's William Strange. Bobs it up to Robert Williams. Should he go? Taylor Brown. Tatum. Durant, the long reach. Tatum, crossover, pull-up jumper. It's Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast, Ben Vallis here, thank you for joining us, hope you're doing well. Coming up on the show, Abby Chin, Celtics sideline reporter for NBC Sports Boston and notable NBA Top Shot pack ripper, joins us to discuss the impeccable vibes around the Celtics, when, how and why the energy has shifted and so much more. Celtics J is on the call as well, let's get to it. Alright, we're very excited to be joined by the wonderful Abby Chin. Abby, thanks so much for coming on the pod, how you doing? I'm doing well, especially after that win against Utah and the way the Celtics played. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's start with that Utah game very quickly and then we'll move on to some other stuff. What was the moment of the game for you? Was it the Peyton Pritchard offensive rebound, the the Tice block on on Clarkson, Rob's back-to-back blocks in the third quarter? I mean, Smart had a career high in assists. Like, I can list the moments. They're sort of endless. Was there a moment that stood out to you? Or was there maybe something that people in the arena would have noticed that we watching the broadcast at home wouldn't have noticed? I think what I will remember from that game is just the first quarter and the way that the Celtics started out, basically the fifth game of a road trip because they didn't get home until, we didn't get home until 3.30 in the morning on Wednesday night, which means Thursday is just a lost day, right? And then you come in and have to play one of the best teams in the league And the way that they came out with the focus and with that fire and hitting 10 of their first 10 shots. I mean, I I know it's how I was feeling in the moment. I got I I know this is not this is not how I really feel. But I I tweeted fire up the duck boats because in that moment it felt like they were unstoppable. (laughs) I mean, who is going to beat a team when they're playing like that, hitting shots like that, sharing the ball, the ball movement and then with how well they were playing defense. I mean, it was just incredible. So yeah, I think if they can bottle that up, I mean, yeah, let's go. (laughs) I could do for a dunk boat ride. Like I'm not going to turn it down. (laughs) Absolutely. I've never done. I mean, I have done a duck boat ride. Ben, we're we're even going to get you out here for it. We're going to fire up those duck boats. I've been to Boston. We're getting your butt all the way over (laughs) here to the States. I'm aware of the duck boats. We don't have them in Sydney, but I've been to Boston. I've seen the, the glorious duck boats. Um, Abby, you've been covering the Celtics since 2013, and you would have seen so much in that time. And like the last KG Pierce season, the mini rebuild that ensued that the IT years, Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. Is this 
the best the vibes have been in all of that time currently? Yes. I wow. did my first season in Boston. I wasn't on the sidelines. was the last season for KG and Paul. And so, obviously, there were – and that was after Rondo had torn his ACL, right? So, there were not Bad great vibes, vibes yeah. then. <laughs> um, I think – yeah. <laughs> the only thing that comes close is, uh, I would say, the Eastern Conference run when in – um, Jason's rookie year and Jalen Brown's sophomore year when without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward and the way that those guys were playing alongside Marcus and Terry Rozier and Al Horford. Um, but that was something that I don't think anyone really grasped at the time. There were also a lot of Isaiah Thomas moments in there. Uh, but No, this absolutely, these are the best vibes I have felt with this team. I mean, so much so that we're at game 72 and we're talking about calling Grant Williams Batman. So (laughs) I'm I'm not sure that it can get much better. The dork night, as I've heard. I mean, are we talking about it or has it been decided? Because it kind of seems like you've been on campaign. Let's legitimize it. I am. I I, I mean, you know, if he... Forsberg's on the other side of that fence. He's saying Grant shouldn't be able to make his own name up. I I agree with that. However, <laughs> if you're going to have Jalen Brown sitting there, I mean, campaigning for you, who am I to go against it? Al Horford? I know Jason's on the other side of it, but I think that <laughs> this moment in time, if whatever it takes, clearly the chemistry on this team and, and with this group, and Grant is a big part of that and has been. I remember talking to Grant during the preseason and he was trying to get everybody together for dinners and trying to speak up and be one of the guys who um, brings the group together. And so I think he should get some credit for that. Maybe not Batman level credit. Fine. But <laughs> that's what's going to make him happy and continue to keep putting up 20 and 10 games. Then well, and they, they definitely do seem to have some kind of chemistry and vibe going amongst all of them. Even Jalen had some some funny remarks today in the post game talking about uh, Jason Tatum's kiss was actually from Jalen's pregame warm-up routine. Were, were you present for those remarks? I was, yep. I asked that question because Jason, <laughs> yeah. Jalen's been doing a, a holster situation. Um, and so I asked if, you know, Jason has the kiss. Is he, is he trying to claim the holster? And he said he's got to work on it, but Jason stole the kiss from him. And <laughs> we should go, he's, he said check the tape, so I think we should go back. I, I feel like I remember Jalen blowing some kisses. Um, oh man! But ESPN will eat that up. There, that's Conflict City right there. No, that's what I mean. He's fine <laughs> with it. He's happy that Jason will take that because it means this team is doing so well, and he's Jalen is creative. So I'm sure he's going to find his own celebration. Kind of uh, riffing a little bit off that. There's a post that came up from a user in our our subreddit, and it's user Red Cigar and. They wanted to get your thoughts on sort of attributing the Celtics turnaround to a culture change. And from your perspective, what's kind of been that biggest reason for the turnaround? Um, You know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, what a lot of us might think from the outside looking in. But you've got a pretty unique vantage point to assess that. And also, sorry to interject there, how much does Mercury being in retrograde and then not, how much does that apply? Exactly. The retrograde ending is really the, the moment here. Um, according to Jalen. So whatever energies have shifted, we are all in a much better place universally is, is what I gathered from post game. Um, 
That was also my follow-up because Jalen <laughs> told me, I feel like maybe weeks ago, that that tweet was not about basketball. And then tonight he went back and said it was. So um, I had some questions. But <laughs> uh, I think the date everyone's pointing to is that January 6th game against the New York Knicks. And to me, what more was that moment was Ime calling them, like calling out his team's mental toughness. And that has something that Brad Stevens has would never do. Um, and the thing I love about Ime is not long ago, he, he said, some people said I probably shouldn't have done that. And I don't care. <laughs> and, and clearly because it worked. Yeah. And so, um, and that is not, no disrespect to Brad Stevens. To me, Brad Stevens is one of the best coaches in the league still and, and would be. But when you look at this group, you look at Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and and Marcus Smart, they had the same voice for their entire NBA careers. And so it's not like Brad can just go in there and turn into a different person and just be mad all the time or something to really get something different out of them. And so um, I think clearly Brad has been unbelievable in his new role and, and the choices that he has made. And the decisions that he is making. And I, I'm really excited for Ime and everything that he has been able to accomplish with this group so far. But the coolest thing to me is that no one is satisfied. And that's what you hear talking to this group. We heard it tonight. You heard it from Jalen. There are no, there's no sense of satisfaction. They all believe that there is so much more growth that can occur. And they understand that they haven't accomplished anything yet. With that in mind, and, and kind of just taking off from some of the point that you bring up there, especially looking at Udoka, a lot of folks have talked about, you know, I mean, he's been getting a lot of praise now and it's kind of nice to hear because earlier on in the year, there was a heavy amount of criticism getting lobbied that way. And it's often kind of also, you know, the, the praise that he's getting now has often been framed around the idea that Brad kind of lost a bit of that locker room last year. And I'm wondering from your perspective, if you've seen, I wonder if there's not another layer to this too, where we've also got young players that are maturing themselves as as young men and professionals in the game. And so like, I also see each of them sort of carrying themselves that appears with a higher level of personal accountability. Are you seeing, it really is just like sort of this, you know, magic dynamic that Ime and this new voice is able to bring and evoke from the players, or is it more of a balance between those two things? Everything that you just said, it, it is a balance. I think Ime deserves a ton of credit because clearly he has been able to break those guys of some of the bad habits that we all um, recognized and, and we're tired of seeing. But what you said is exactly right. The difference this year is that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown came into this season knowing that they are pillars of the franchises, the face of the franchises, and they have taken ownership of that. They weren't backing down from that challenge. And it has taken them a while. I mean, we all know Jason is not the most outspoken of people and it, he has grown into this role, but I I do want to say that I feel like from the first game this season, he has stepped up into that. He has been the guy that we talked to every night when they were um, losing games, he would come in post game and, and try to keep a positive perspective for us and answer every single question that was asked of him. And, um, and answer it thoughtfully. And it is something I think that even Brad Stevens talked about over the summer. It's not something that you can necessarily prepare yourself for until you're there and you are the person when the lights are shining down on you that has to step up in those moments. 
And so, yes, I do think it has been an incredible growth process for both Jason and Jalen, and they are now thriving in that. Um, and then something else that was said tonight post game is that when you look at the basketball on the floor and how much adversity they did face at the beginning of the season and the way they lost games, but it's just the way the defenses were keying on Jason. When people talk about, when coaches talk about Jason, they talk about how smart he is, how you have to show him something once and he will learn it and, and how much film he watches. And it has just been an evolution this season to where he know defenses are focused solely on stopping him and him learning figuring out how to pass the ball, make the right basketball play. And so I think we're seeing the fruition of that now. And I am really excited to see what that means for the postseason. So that is a long-winded way of saying, yes, I do believe it is all of those things coming together. Um, Jason and Jalen being empowered. And then also, uh, I mean, we can't discredit Brad Stevens and the moves that he's made around it. I think that Derek White has been an incredible addition. I know his shooting has not been, um, I think, what could ultimately help this team, but he is a connector. He's a guy who moves the ball, and then everyone else feeds off of that. And so the ball movement, when since he arrived, has just been taken to another level. And so um, I really I am so excited to see what this group can do in the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. And Derek White was solid tonight as part of that sort of Celtics yeah. team shooting what a thousand percent from beyond the arc which was fantastic and he, he played a role in that um you mentioned tatum i think it's clear that he's ascending to this elite next level kind of a dream come true for celtics fans to see this all this i can't say work from the fan point of view but there is a stressfulness in like watching a player like that and investing you know hope in a player like that to, to see them finally come to fruition like this uh, i think it feels good for everybody watching of the the many players you've covered over the years in your your tenure covering the Celtics, how does a guy like Jason Tatum stand out from the pack? Like, does he seem special in other ways beyond what he's giving on the court each night? Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, because I have been here for his entire career, I do remember Jason coming in, and, and like I mentioned, he's he's not the most vocal of guys, but he always he's always had a sense of humor and has always carried with himself a, a very um, quiet confidence. Mm-hmm. And I say quiet because he didn't talk that much, but I mean, even from his rookie season, he had told me that he believes he can be an MVP in this league. And we're starting to see that now. I think that you have to take into consideration all of his experiences, the success that they, that they had early, the adversity that the Celtics have faced over the last couple of years but also his um, time with Team USA and working with Greg Popovich, who challenged him on the defensive end of the floor and and drove home the point that to be an MVP in this league, you have to play both ends of the floor. And and that's been huge for the Celtics. And then also to win that gold medal and to have the confidence of Kevin Durant in your ear for an entire um, championship run. I think that all of those experiences coming together have really shaped who he is now and I mean he's not even in his prime yet he's only 24 years old (laughs) I mean I I, in my mind he's still 19 but um you know I think in a lot of people's minds he's still 19 (laughs) (laughs) and so it does stand out in that he came in as you know the number three pick but he was the man Jalen 
um, was the number three pick as well, but he had to fight for t- playing time on that team and he had to fight and claw for everything that he's gotten. Jason came in and was just kind of the man from the beginning. And it's been cool to see him take that and, and to now he's, he's talked about it and he has backed it up every step of the way. And so I am, I've yeah. got, I've got to ask, and this might be a completely random question, but for my own, for, for my own personal curiosities, have you ever caught the Jays having a conversation as subtle as it may be at any given point where they're both kind of just like, Hey, we both dunked on LeBron in our rookie years. <laughs> like, like do, do they, do they ever just like have a moment and be like, we both did that. Like, not that I know of, not that I've okay. seen. Um, in my mind, it, it happens daily. It's fine. <laughs> they do get along and they do um, have a great respect for each other, which um, is something that I was surprised at earlier this season. I know you were joking, but I was surprised at earlier this season that both of them felt the need to come out and be like, we get along. We are fine. Don't worry about us. Because um, to me, that was never a question. And there has never been any any sort of animosity or something off the court that I have seen. So I'm, you and know, I kind of bring it up too, because I think about as you were talking a little bit earlier about the experiences that Tatum's had to this point, I think also about the different stars that he has played behind, so to sp- so to speak, or, or has sort of played alongside most, especially Kyrie, of course, being, you know, the, the biggest personality presence that's, that's been in the mix um, but then even seeing another star, um, you know, and, and their different type of affect and, and way of approaching the game in Kemba Walker. How do you think those experiences have played into sort of how he's taking shape now as his own iteration of that superstar level player? I think that it did take removing those other superstars to elevate him to this position on this team and and not necessarily in the eyes of his teammates, but I think for himself and then also for everyone else out there. And so um, for him to take ownership of that, and, and it's it's like I said earlier, I just feel like he has seemed different this season. He has been different in his interactions with the media. He has been much more outspoken and um, taken on so much more of that team. And so I do think, like I said, he's a student of the game, though. So he is taking pieces from everybody and and, um, taking pieces of their game, taking um, notice of the leadership and and what they bring and how they did that. And so um, I do think, like you said, all of it has kind of come together, culminated in this season so far for him. But like I asked him uh, tonight postgame, what happens what is it about the second half of seasons where he just seems to go to a whole other level? And he's like, I don't know. I wish I could get it started from the beginning. I have no idea. <laughs> At least Why? he feels the same way. Yeah, at least he's honest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I want to be there. So I don't know. I can't speak to specifically the influences that Kyrie and Kemba had on him, but I, I can tell you that he has been different this season. Yeah. And this particular ascension post All-Star break, it does feel more significant than those prior, uh, but maybe that's just me. Uh, look, Abby, we are the Celtics Reddit podcast, and therefore we have a number of questions from the lovely people of Celtics Reddit. I'll start here with a question from IT53. 
They We got you, fam. <laughs> they ask, which Celtics player is closest to the NBC Sports Boston crew? Any examples of a player making a particular effort to be friendly? I want to guess Grant Williams, but um, the floor is yours, Abby. This group is very friendly. Uh, yes, I. there isn't. I think it was more so in the past, like Scal. The reason he's here now is because he took such an interest um, early on and, and did a show with um, some of our producers and, and would help out inside the locker room, even as far as taking the microphone and asking some questions. Um, Perk, obviously, I'm not sure anyone saw Perk's media ascension coming, but he has been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then so, uh, especially because I remember Perk's like draft interview, like when he was drafted on interview night, like I just remember that interview. I'm like, that guy He's never like he's just not he didn't come across as that guy that would be on TV. But it's like the Bill Walton story. Like, just give him time and yep. and the interest. He'll make it happen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And and his work ethic is second to none because that guy is everywhere mm. right now. Um, and Kelly Olenek, we we used to do like this rookie diary and Kelly Olenek did some crazy adventures from going like to the north end. I remember um, our crew shot him building his bed in his new apartment. So <laughs> the challenge of putting together IKEA furniture. Although I doubt Kelly's bed came from IKEA. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Uh, but <laughs> Wait, what's wrong with IKEA? <laughs> you know the NBA players. I'm sure he's they seven can. foot tall. Also. What's what's the next step up from it? <laughs> That's what uh, tonight on the jumbotron they asked if you what would you name your yacht because you asked the, and you can't ask the NBA players what would you name your boat Big Sally. You know. <laughs> <laughs> have a big boat, yeah. So, yeah. The time, listen, Robert Williams had the best answer because he ba- he basically said, "I would reverse my ability to reverse time because that's what I can do." <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I love how much he's embraced the nickname. I appreciate that about Rob. Yeah. Um. So I I don't feel like, especially with COVID and everything, yeah. that there has been there's much more of a separation nowadays, and we're and we're not in the locker room, so guys aren't you know messing around with the camera as much but um you can tell and and you're right grant williams definitely has the personality and i think would be happy to join us as much as we asked (laughs) so user hawking sucks uh is very interested to know what your uh favorite celtics moment to cover so far has been um i've said this a few places there was a post-game interview with al horford in cleveland after the Celtics uh, beat them in the playoffs. And it, it was the only game they won in that series, but it was in Cleveland. It was when LeBron was there. And we all know Al Horford's record against LeBron in the postseason up until that point. And I caught Al in in his most, I, I don't want to, primal moment. He was still <laughs> fired up from the game. He just had this look in his eye. And uh, he just had this killer look in his eye. And uh, it was something that I will never forget. And his teammates were coming and was slapping him on the back. And he was just so excited. And um, that's something that I will never forget. And then, I mean, when when this team grabs Banner number 18, I'm sure that's going to be pretty remarkable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting the tattoo. I'm just. <laughs> that duck boat I'm dialogue continues. And I'm loving it. I'm Being loving it. Resistance. Right. <laughs> you got to ride this wave. I, I'm telling everybody, you just got to ride the wave. Well, and that's, you know, if, that's if you're going to go through the tough times when things are rough, you got to enjoy the, you know, the wave when it's up. I ride the roller coaster. So and, and mm-hmm. I'm not on the team. So I don't have to be even keeled. That's that's, that's not right. 
I totally can unhinged. ride this roller coaster if I want to. So right now it's up. <laughs> Another question uh, from the community uh, user King of Pants wondering uh who's always getting shots up in their free time uh apparently there's there's rumors that rob is doing a lot behind the scenes or in other words like who's just a a super hard worker that maybe we don't hear much about obviously we've heard a lot about the jay's work ethic but who's like someone maybe i would say peyton pritchard and that's someone who um i didn't realize when he started when he uh started getting minutes again and worked his way back into the rotation i asked email Odoka about it about Peyton, and he said, Peyton's a gym rat. He is the first guy in, last guy to leave. And um, when I asked Peyton about that, he told me that when he wasn't playing, he was working even harder on all parts of his game so that he could be ready for these moments. And so um, I think that's something that we don't get to see. Unfortunately, due to COVID, not that we saw a ton of practice and post-practice before, but we don't get to see hardly anything now. So I can't speak from my personal experience. Um, but that's what Ime has told me about Peyton. And and I believe it, especially, I mean, how much improvement we've seen in just a short amount of time. Listen, and on the defensive end too, like that man yep. is playing defense. Oh, tonight he was smothering. That was something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it shows. And then getting, yeah, the offensive rebound over two guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wild, so wild I, I'm excited for Peyton and that, that he is finally getting these opportunities. Yeah, it's good to hear. I mean, it makes sense to hear that he's kind of like the standout gym rat because it's really showing on the court. Shifting slightly now, we've got a couple of final questions to, to wrap up here, Abby. You know, you've, you've been working the sideline for a, a while now. I think a lot of people would be interested to hear, um, like, have there been any disaster moments sort of on camera, off camera, technical glitches or something that you just sort of had to like improvise at the time to get through either with yourself or with a colleague. I can't throw Definitely any of our- a time that you can throw some shade at scale. If, if, if you're, yeah. you know, if you're prime, please for be it. welcome. I can't throw any of our uh, production crew under the bus. Of they course. are amazing and work miracles. Um, every, every single game. I will say, I remember, uh, I think it was my first year and, uh, the Celtics still had the Steez on their team. Jordan, um Crawford right Jordan Crawford (laughs) Uh, and who by the way I think is one of Brad Stevens greatest accomplishments one of players that was like his first big reclamation project yes um we were talking about that today too Evan Turner I feel like owes Brad Stevens like Mm -hmm. how maybe a car like a nice car for that contract but anyway uh I asked Jordan (laughs) Carson um post game and I said to him oh I have two I have another one after this uh, I said, you know, you're not really known for your defense. Do you feel like you're showing some people wrong? And and he was like, <laughs> I'm not known for my defense. And I was like, no, not really. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, okay, so let's talk about the shot in the fourth quarter. Like, it was so awkward. Oh, yeah. I felt like I needed to, I apologized to him afterwards. And I'm like, I, I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to <laughs> insult your defense. Did you show him skill. his stats to prove your <laughs> um, point? <laughs> <laughs> like i said i think that was my first season and i was completely yeah, fair enough <laughs> uh embarrassed yeah i talked to kelly olenic at halftime and the halftime interview is the toughest because we only talk to a player at home if they're winning and so if it's going back and forth and you're, you don't know who you're going to talk to and um so i i talked i was talking to kelly olenic they were playing the raptors 
And I said, and I, my words got twisted in my head. And so I said, you're playing um, for your home team or something like that, (laughs) which I meant to say your hometown team, but I essentially said the team that drafted you or something. And by the time, and I just misspoke, he didn't address it. It was gone. By the time I got back to my laptop, there were like 200 tweets like, who is this person? She has no idea what she's (laughs) talking about. And I was like, I was here when Kelly Olynyk was drafted. I I understand that he has not played for another NBA team at that point. (laughs) He hadn't. Um, But that, I always think of that when, um, to just remind myself how much I am not screwing up. Because they will let you know when you do. Yeah, so. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. And we, we did draft <laughs> Kelly Olenek before yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo as well. So I'm also very aware of that uh, unfortunate fact. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's trade amazing. Up to draft Kelly Olenek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. All right. Uh, uh, Thank, thanks for reminding us of that detail, Abby. <laughs> but we've, we've got one final question here. But <laughs> Nothing like we live in that I one. I do know stuff. I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah I, no, no, I've you, been here a little you're while. You're killing yeah, it. And those, right. those stories were amazing. Thank you for sharing. Um, we'll, we'll finish up with this. Um, since the last time we had you on the pod, which I think was around the playoffs in the bubble, this whole NFT thing has exploded and you've become uh, one of the faces <laughs> of NBA Top Shot. Can you just tell us how that came about and like how many inquiries do you need to field from like nerdy NFT bros about like NBA Top Shot and NFTs? So, which way is that? That's my husband right there. His name is Mike. Uh, He is a computer scientist by training. And so he has been into that whole crypto blockchain world for a long time. So when Top Shot came out, he he told me, you got to check this out. And I bought my first uh, Celtics moment off the marketplace. I think it's a, I bought like the cheapest one that was out there. So I think it's a Kelly Olenek one. And then I, a Kelly Olenek moment. And then I also got a taco ball or maybe my first one was a taco ball. But anyways, it was just, it was so fun. And it was, I think it's a really cool idea and such an emerging um, technology and and marketplace and audience. And so um, I find it thrilling. I think it's really cool that, so I've worked in television production for a long time and and we really do have a very set way of doing something that has not changed in um, the years that I've been doing it. And so not changed that much. Obviously the technology has changed, especially now when I'm the only one who is at the arenas typically. Um, so to be able to do that is, is a huge feat, but the, the job and the production itself has not largely changed. And so what's cool is talking with the Top Shot crew is that if you have an idea, they can make it happen. And so, you know, I'm, I'm right now there's a wheel, the flash challenge, the wheel where they let fate decide what the flash challenge is going to be for that night. And that was just somebody's idea. They said, let's try it. It worked. And so now it's a thing. And so I think it's really cool how um, quickly they can uh, take an idea and and make it happen. And if it doesn't work, fine, move on to the next thing. And so I think that's fun and it's exciting. And um, I am just really curious to see how it all works out and what continues. And um, I feel like Top Shot is a really, it's a gateway for the NFT world because they are, especially for NBA fans, obviously, they're all moments that we can identify with and and plays that we can identify with. And all of us have that idea and that um, those memories of having a trading card or trying to get that one 
picture, that one player that we have idolized. And so, um, and then I said, for me, it it like marries two of my favorite passions, which is shopping and basketball. (laughs) And so you bring it together, you get the marketplace, the deals. Me too. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, So (laughs) uh, it's fun. It's just fun. And I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm glad they're letting me in. I feel old. And I also don't know. I'm, I'm also a novice. And so I'm always like, so what's an MGLE? What are you guys talking about? So I'm, I'm grateful that they're letting me into their little world. And have you continued to build up your collection? I have lots of, I've ripped a lot of packs. I have not made moves on the marketplace. Um, mostly cause I'm a Frady cat. Like I don't gamble. I don't. <laughs> okay, <yet>. Fair enough. <laughs> So if you had like, if you had bottomless pockets to pursue this, like what's the, what's the one moment that you'd want to like make yours? You know what I mean? Like if you could like have any one NFT from, from an NBA moment, what would it be? I mean, Jason Tatum's dunk on LeBron in the playoffs. Amen. All right. right? Just drop the mic, Ben. (laughs) I was going to say. That's about as good a mic drop as you can ask for right there. I want the top shot moment of Peyton Pritchard's offensive rebound today. That's uh, that's a stellar moment I want to see captured in in top shot. I have to admit my my foray. I want want the lockdown defense from from PP on that one. Are you kidding (laughs) me? That was was ridiculous. I I broke a sweat watching that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He was motivated. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, look, we are going to wrap it up there, Abby. It sounds like you're as excited about the rest of the season as we are. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the pod and chop it up with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, that's going to do it for this one. Huge, huge thanks to Abby Chin for coming on, especially so late in the evening after wrapping up post game there in Boston. What a legend. Thanks to Celtics J as well. We'll be back with another pod in a couple of days, I think. Until then, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.